It was you with that earlier than I. <laughs> Shit, I can't name a nigga flow like I flow. Get it out the mud like I did. Told you out the door and I'm on. You probably wouldn't be fucking with baby if you know it. I know. I get behind the and she shake it. That's my baby. My little bitch so fucking pretty. My dick car before she naked. My gun ain't got no safety. Ain't got a flash. You know how I play it. Get a bitch she throwing ass. Look how she actually going, baby. I done got drunk off the Henny. Told my BM, let's have a baby. Told my daughter, daddy, rich. She don't need shit. We going crazy. I think daddy need a straight jacket. Count a hundred thousand on the floor and started breakdance. You know I'm popping shit, nigga. You know that on my shoulder and got my hoes. So watch your bitch, nigga. It's not coming out my nose. Bitch, I'm cold. You know I'm sick, nigga. I'm on the highway lit. Try not to get hit, nigga. Fuck around with me. Nigga must want to find out if his best work. I open the blunt. I fill it with runs. So my chest hurt. <laughs> she eating the dick. She eat with spit. Shout out to your expert. I'm shaking their hands. Act like we friends. That's how you network. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you network. You know, sometimes you just gotta act like, you know, you cool with people unless you meet genuine people like Flex. Flex. Shit, I can't name a nigga. Flow like I flow. Get it out the mud like I did. Told you out the door and I'm on. You probably wouldn't be fucking with baby if you know it. I know. I get behind it and she shake it. That's my baby. Got a bitch from Atlanta, but I met her down to make it. Walking out the radio. I got some head outside the station. Flex, let me hear some baby. Hoes go crazy when they play it. I'm the best new fucking rapper. Ain't gotta say it. They gon' say it. I'm always strapped up with that pie. That's where you play. That's where you lay it. Bitch, can stream my fucking album. Wherever the fuck they got my tape at. Stomach on the forehead. Head between my legs. That's where her face at. So to put me on the camera so later on she can watch the playback. Fuck with my people. We be at your door like a fucking placement. Thinking like it's legal. Riding round with sticks like we some A-Raps. Hopping off the fucking plane with 50,000 and some M-Max. My bitch just picked me up. She looking good. She got her hair back. Riding through another nigga hood. They look. I step back. How you plugged up to the machine. Fucking with me. Gonna need a care pack. No shit so fucking loud. They think I sell it. I know they smell it. By the scat pack. Put it up in the pool back up. Go get the Hellcat. Vroom, nigga. Shit, I can't name a nigga. Flow like I flow. Get it out the mud like I did. Told you out the door what I'm on. You probably wouldn't be fucking with baby if you know it. I know. I get behind it and she shake it. That my baby. Scriptures for the trenches, this the real nigga chronicles. Circumstances force us to them streets, it one option. Think before your actions, that bitch karma is unstoppable. Devil always working, this life shit get diabolical. Always thanking God, but big shout out to my mama too. Trying to be the greatest, I be thinking like what Pac could do. Have to ask myself like why you in that cell and not the stool. Took a lot to get here, this shit almost felt impossible. Look at me, I made it, overcame so many obstacles. Can't argue with a hater, cause it's clear they don't think logical. I'm hiding you delusion, new if you believe that's not the truth. Really earn my strike up in this shit, how could you not salute? I know I might never get my props if I'm an op to you. Murder rate out of control, ain't really shit the cops could do. Living by the gun and kill us who we give our honor to. Got some screws missing, all them deaths hit me and knocked them loose. Remember Ryan backseat, trying to see who I can shoot. I hopped off that porch and it won't really shit my pops could do. 1300 raised me, you ain't ganged and I can't rock with you. Tempt them every August 12th, we turn up on that block for you. Twin them die for us, it's only right we let off shots for you. Shorty hot them sliding, they gon' make sure some drop for you. This one of my brothers, that's on my advise you not to do if they try to speed through evergreen flip that honda coupe shooters on that corner like they focus on they follow through switches on them blizzies time to show them what them glocks to do like the 18 when it's war we bring them choppers through hello there and welcome to midnight mma our latest episode it is july 3rd of 2023 make sure the right here with us we're talking all things ufc vegas 76 
happened last night or yesterday afternoon. MFC number two, we'll do a review of that as well. A light weekend though, no Bellator this past weekend, no PFL. There was some Cage Warriors, some boxing, and uh, but we'll glance over UFC 76. We'll discuss our betting implications and how we did. And then we'll also talk some MA headlines, some top stories, some things you guys may be aware of. I know we're in July, but September's got Grasso versus Shevchenko, the rematch. It's also got uh, a few other fights. We'll talk about that. UFC 290, which is coming up this week. We are now entering inter International Fight Week. That is pretty dope. So a nice, exciting week ahead. Obviously, a ton of good matchups on UFC 290. Also have PFL Europe number um, two coming up. And that's going to be, we'll talk about what that is. What's PFL Europe? How does that work? What's PFL Europe versus PFL United States? We'll make those distinctions for you guys. Um, but a lot of names of that PFL Europe card that you may not recognize because uh, PFL Europe, right? <laughs> so for my European listeners, people like Tomas, Thomas Manzanaro, who's already here in the chat, uh, he is based out of France. So uh, there is a, at least a, one or two French fighters on that card. He might recognize them more than most American fans like myself. So uh, what else is on tap tonight? Uh, Henry Cejudo, if you don't know how to back out of the UFC 292 matchup with Cheeto Vera due to a shoulder injury. That's unfortunate. It doesn't pay to get old, right? <laughs> that's that's the part of the game where when Cejudo was thinking about coming back, it was probably the area of the game where he was like, you know what? Uh, that's the part that I miss the least, right? When you're when you're having to rehab and recover from injuries, because that's where it really starts to break you mentally, right? You know, you're, you're fighting, you enjoy the winning, enjoy the hand being raised. Even the training is not so bad at times, but oh man, the injuries. The injuries are just they they uh, they break people, and eventually over time, that's usually what it is that sets an athlete back to the point where they're like, listen, I can't, <laughs> I just can't do it anymore, right? Um, we'll talk some MMA gossip. What's going on on the airwaves? Um, of course, Sean Strickland's win yesterday was hugeanic, and we'll talk about the implications for him moving forward. Before I jump into the review of UFC Vegas seventy six, I do want to give you guys a quick reminder about our newsletter. Free version and a paid version. The link is down below. It's run through Substack. A lot of good content there uh, for the paid subscribers. Get a little bit more content. But even free subscribers, you get good content as well. So please check out our newsletter. The link is down below. Again, it's run through Substack. If you don't know what Substack is, it's okay. Uh, that is a app for distributing newsletters. Uh, it's a free app. So you can download the app, get on your phone, get our newsletters, show your support by subscribing. If you want to really show your support and become a $5 a month subscriber, which would be great. We appreciate that. It costs five bucks a month to get a full access to our newsletter. So again, check out our newsletter. That link is down below. Without further ado, um, well, two things. First of all, I hope you don't mind me playing music because it just, I don't know. I don't know what it is with me and music, but music is part of my, uh, in Spanish, like, you know, you're, it's like a hard, hard to describe other than saying it's part of my soul. I do like music and I like all kinds of music. If you're here tonight and you want to hear a song, Drop it in the recommendation there in the comment section. I'll do the best I can to get to it. If I forget it or don't see it, then repost it again, and then we'll pull it up. Okay, let's talk about UFC Vegas 76. A quick recap of what happened, and then, of course, we'll try to highlight some of the, the major moments. Let's start with the prelim card and then work our way up to the main card. First first fight was actually Alexander Romanov versus Blagoy Ivanov, and I say actually because on my sell sheet, 
and most people had this too. They had Gorum Kudalatse versus Elves Brenner as the opening fight in the card, but for some reason, it seemed like Tapology didn't have the right um, order, which is, yeah, that's not necessarily their fault. I mean, they get what they get, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the fight card opened up with Alexander Romanov versus Blakoy Ivanov, and a fight that, I mean, look, I, I really give Ivanov a lot of credit for surviving, right? He got through it, and Alexander showed better cardio. But maybe it's just a, I think it's just me. It really bothers me when heavyweight fights go the full distance. I don't know what it is. It's like a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> this is not an example of these two not trying to fight. I'm not suggesting that. And I thought Alexander Romanov showed the necessary improvements. He went the full distance, looked better. Ivanov does not get finished. Um, but you expect, you know, over 500 pounds, you know, half a ton of weight in the octagon. You know, you expect these guys to someone to do something and finish the fight. It didn't happen. And I think it's more of a testament to Blagoy Ivanov and how durable he is. Now, I heard a rumor that he got released, which if if that's true, that would be crazy. I, I don't understand whether UFC would release Blagoy Ivanov, who's now 19 and 6, 36 years old, uh, a durable heavyweight. But I, it could be the case. If I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. But um, the result there was Alexander Romanov by decision. <clears throat> Not going to lie. Uh, we had Romanov to win. Uh, but we didn't have him winning by decision. We had him by a round two, some type of, um, you know, finish of some kind, right? So, from that perspective, we were off there on that uh, on that selection. Um, but all that said, you listen, we got the right pick, <laughs> I guess is the way I could put it. Now, I'll tell you this, though. Um, looking at my, my sound list here. Here's a good song for you guys. So, um... First fight goes to Romanov. We had him picked to win. Just the wrong method. The props, we had like fight, knock with the distance, ITD and stuff. Yeah, none of that hit. At minus 135, though, good return if you took Romanov straight up on the money line. Did well for you. Next fight was, was the next fight uh, Guram and Elves? You know what? I don't know because the order was shifted up. But I'm going to score in the order I have here on my Excel sheet. Guram Kudalatse, who was the replacement in this fight up against Elves Brenner. Look, I'm not going to overstate it because sometimes we do get picks wrong <laughs> and sometimes we get them right. We went on the record and said that Elves Brenner at the price tag, it just didn't make any sense. Now, I want to emphasize that the price tag didn't make sense. I'm not going to sit here and say that Elves Brenner looked great in round one and wasn't behind in the fight when he was, in fact, losing. So even though we picked Brenner to win and we had him winning by a split decision, mind you, a close decision, the fight ends because Gurum Kudalata just simply gets tired. He looked tired in round one. He looked even more tired in the round two. And by round three, Kudalata was just exhausted. Did he even get to round three? Listen to me talking out my ass here. Sometime in round number one, <clears throat> we tweeted out that even though Kudalata won round one, I thought he won round one because he had that nice little finish to the round and kind of hurt uh, elves, right? I thought it was enough to win round number one, but I didn't love the by language of Guram. So the fight gets to round three, where three, three minutes and 17 seconds is when Brenner ends up just getting to Kulatsa and finishing him. Look, if you subscribe to our newsletter and heard our breakdown video, you know we were on Brenner, and it was much more about the price line. If this price tag was like minus 200 for Kulatsa, you know, plus 170 for Brenner, yeah, that would make sense. But Brenner's already showed you that he's got something a little different in him. He came in last minute on his first, on his first fight debut, was a big underdog, and he won the fight. Um, so should he be underestimated like this? No. <laughs> and we end up seeing the fight of the night 
for Elves Brenner, who had blonde hair, which turned completely red. Um, and again, I want to emphasize this. I'm not the kind of guy who goes Monday morning quarterback on you and says, I told you he's going to win. <laughs> if I if I felt so confident in Elves Brenner that he was going to win that fight, then I would show you my live betting ticket after round one when he almost got finished. And he was probably like a plus 1,000 or dog at that point. So I'm not a hypocrite that way. We did choose Elves. He pulls off the victory. But again, I'm not going to sit here and dance on my, on, my, uh, on my table like we had everything perfect here. We didn't. The issue was, again, though, Stay away from parlaying people at these price tags. Minus 670, minus 500. My man Guram has fought once in three years. It just, <clears throat> it was a trap. From the meeting, it's a trap. So, Elves with the fight. Let's move on. Joe Anderson Brito versus Weston Wilson. And I have not forgot about Luana Carolina. Why are, where is she at here? Why don't I have that fight here? I'm, oh, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, Joe Anderson, Brito, featherweight bout versus Weston Wilson. Listen, Weston, we appreciate your you coming through, Weston. We appreciate you coming through on late notice, and we appreciate the effort. And I thought even walking into the octagon looked like he was game for a good fight. Put it that way. He didn't look intimidated by the moment. Um, he didn't look. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. We we did okay. We did okay. Um, it's one of those things where we got a few right, but then man. Like the main card, we were not very good at it. <laughs> so you know, we'll see what happens here. Um, yes, he did, Thomas. He did, Benoit. And you taught me how to pronounce that the right way. I was saying Benoit before, but Benoit Saint Denis, who just looked fantastic. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about that fight when we get there. But uh, yeah, congratulations, Thomas, to your your French brother there. So Brito runs through Weston Wilson. I mean, the inside the distance prop was like minus five fifty <laughs> at time of closing for the fight. I mean. You don't often see an inside the distance prop lined that way. Uh, the fight not going to decision was minus 700. <laughs> we had Brito round one finish, fight going under 1.5 rounds at minus 300. And then just the inside the distance prop for Brito. We were parlaying that and uh, yeah, ended up you know working out. But at minus 1,200, minus 1,400, the winning line was unplayable. And Weston Wilson, unfortunately, coming in late replacement and not ready for this, this, this level of competition. <sighs> yeah, I mean... If you didn't watch the fight, Weston Wilson goes for a knee bar, and at some point he kind of has a knee bar, and it's looking like he's about to get some hyperextension going. But if you're grabbing someone's leg with 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 both of your hands, right, and you know you're not protecting your head, and you're kind of down on the floor, <coughs> we've seen the results of this recently, and uh, Brito just starts teeing off of him and knocks him out in essence. And so for Weston. Yeah, man, tough way to make your debut. They didn't get much of a shot here, right? So we picked Brito, but so did everybody. Let's move on. Ivana Petrovic versus Luana Carolina. Ah, we had we had Petrovic. We got distracted by the undefeated record. We underestimated Luana Carolina. We were fading her. We talked about this in the breakdown video. It was written in the newsletter, and we were just flat out wrong. And we also mentioned that she has a way of doing this. If your dog are past betting on female fights, <laughs> you win here. Luana Carolina plus 185. She clearly got the job done. She looked at her best, was moving and shaking, and you know, at some point was like really relaxed, had her hands down. Um, Ivana Petrovic has very weak power in her punching. It became very, it became really evident. And then the ground game made mistake after mistake. You know, had moments, but it became clear to me, like into round one, like, oh shit, you know, she doesn't have the 
Maybe she lacks the confidence. I don't know. But she didn't have the oomph to hang with Luana. And if you know Luana, she can look pretty good at times. She can look in and not so good. Uh, she looked good. She looked good. 30 years old. Look, you know, better than I've seen her look before. Again, Ivana Petrovic, USC debutante. So didn't have, you know, didn't have the experience. And I guess we should fade those debutantes more. We fell in love with the undefeated record. It cost us. We were pretty confident in Ivana, again, because we're fading Luana. The fight does go to the decision. That's minus 200. The fight starting round number three was minus 330. That was our prop lock for this fight. The split props were out there at plus 600 for Petrovic and plus 750 for Carolina. We played them. No success. Carolina by decision was plus 225. If you played that, over two and a half was minus 250. Uh, going back to Brito's fight, the prop lock was ITD for Brito. That hit the prop lock for Romanov versus Ivanov was the fight not going to decision. We were wrong there. And then for Guron versus Elves Brenner, the prop lock was over 1.5 rounds at minus 225. Moving up to Carol Rosa versus Yana Santos, featherweight bout, 145 pounders. Santos was a live dog here. We had her pinned as a live dog. And if you thought she won, I ain't going to argue with you. That fight was... We played the split props. We actually got the split props there. We played plus 650 for, for Rosa to win by split and plus 900 for Santos to win by split. Small amounts, like 0.15 units, 0.11 units. And so we're happy that we had a split prop hit. But damn, I thought Santos won too. And it's a rough situation there when it's, you know, look, Santos now has back-to-back -back losses. And I heard she might get cut, which would be a shame. I, I think at 14 and 8, 33, 33 years old, she still has left something left in the tank. And I don't know that Rosa won that fight. Um, I thought Rosa didn't look physically great. Now I get what they were saying in the weigh-ins. Like she's she she needs to well look listen to me over here talking about what she needs to do. <laughs> what I need to do is shut the fuck up and let her keep fighting. No, I I think she could afford to get into a more rigorous like a cross training program where you could tighten things up a little bit because she did look a little soft in the midsection and she hits with power. Um, but man, makes mistakes. How about the fighter IQ of Rosa? We have to remember this. She would be at distance and would then crash into to Santos. And you're like, what are you doing that for? You're doing well at distance. What, what? You need to stay at distance. Why are you crashing in and falling into your opponent who wants to grapple with you? Uh, very low fighter IQ from Rosa. I remember watching it live. I had very small investment on Rosa. My investment was more the fight going longer. So the prop lock here was the fight starting round number three at minus 450. Yes, chalky, but look, if you're looking for a parlay piece, you don't want to get into getting that money line, which is greasy. Um, we took that as our prop lock. We had Rosa by submission. No bueno. The fight goes to decision at minus 290. That also hits. Over 2.5 hits. The split prop for Rosa hits. And the split prop, obviously, for Santos does not hit. Once again, our prop lock there was the fight starting round number three. Number three. Okay, last fight on the prelim card was Renat Fuck Radinov. Man, this guy be fucking people up. Radinov puts a quick end to Kevin Lee. I am not going to give you the whole soliloquy here on Kevin Lee, but it became very apparent that when he left the UFC a few years ago or two years ago or so and went over and started his escapades with Khabib Nurmagomedov, we know how the UFC could do someone. We know how UFC can, can teach lessons to people. We know that some of the UFC brass can be petty Peters. When I saw Kevin Lee <laughs> coming back to the UFC and they gave him Renat Fakhradinov, I thought to myself, oh, geez, here comes part of that lesson. 
if you don't recall, let me fill you in. When Kevin Lee left the UFC about two years ago and signed with Khabib's promotion, Eagle FC, there was some press conferences and, and Khabib was like, yeah, you know, we're going to take care of our athletes, you know, better. We treat them better here, you know, insinuating that the UFC, you know, wasn't transparent in helping their guys. And Kevin Lee was one of the big signings because, <laughs> you know, that's what promotions do. Promotions sign the leftovers from the UFC, a la PFL. And then, you know, they flaunt them around like, oh, look, we're like the UFC. We have the same fighters, right? So Kevin Lee goes over to the Eagle FC promotion. He wins one fight against Diego Sanchez, a guy who's washed. And then that whole promotion just implodes. <laughs> and then Khabib moves back to Dagestan, wants to spend time with the family. All okay, all good reasons. But somewhere, go back to those press conferences. And, you know, if you look at Dana White, he says to Khabib in a press conference, he's like, listen, I respect Khabib. But now he's doing promoting. He'll find out. He'll learn about how difficult this is. And next thing you know, Khabib's out of there. Just gone. Back in Dagestan. So for all the things that Dana White does say, in that situation, he was dead on point. <laughs> now, here comes Kevin Lee leaving Eagle FC because it's defunct. I have to imagine that conversation. He's groveling, like begging his agent to call the Buick. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever. Give me a fight, whatever it takes. All right. So they bring back Kevin Lee. And as a thank you for coming back, they say, Kevin Lee, Here's Renat Fuck Radinov. Renat Fuck Your Dreams Up Radinov. And Radinov puts Kevin to sleep, literally. In round one, club and sub. You know, Fuck Radinov does punch hard and does look to, you know, those overhand Russian blows to get in tight for a takedown. That's his style. But he lands a few, actually clips Kevin. Kevin tries to sit up to get up, and then he just... He sits up right into a guillotine. It's a nasty guillotine. Good job by Herb Dean. Herb Dean couldn't tell initially if, if Kevin was like asleep because of the way the hand was and stuff. Uh, sleep. When Renat walked away, he walked away from a lifeless body that was just falling to the floor. Kevin Lee did wake up pretty quickly. I'm going to say this, and I mean this with all due respect. Kevin Lee, right, who's had a pretty respectable career, this idea of coming back to the UFC, I get it. It's somewhat of a payday. But it was it was never going to be a good idea. The UFC is not going to give you an opportunity, Kevin Lee, to win fights. They're going to treat you like they treat a lot of fighters in that situation. Uh, the lessons being exposed: don't don't turn your back on the UFC. Don't highbrow them. Don't go to their promotion talking shit about whatever. Um, matter of fact, Kevin Lee did a press conference interview this week when he talked about I don't want to fight in the Apex. It's like, dude, just just be quiet and just do your fucking job. Be happier in the UFC. Um, yeah. All that pre-fight talk and this fight lasted only seconds. The fight not going to decision at plus 100. That hits. <laughs> Fakhr Adinov inside the distance was plus 200. We played that. We played it straight up and that did hit. The fight starts round number two at minus 550. I had that as the prop lock and it was so chalky. I thought Kevin Lee at least had rounded him. Nah. Under two and a half rounds was plus 130. The under one and a half must have been like plus 230. You know? So if you had the unders there, you like Renat Fakhradinov to win by submission. Well done. And that was your premium card for UFC Vegas 76. We want to the main card. First fight was Bruno Ferreira versus Nursulta Ruzaboyev. And here's where the wheels started to come off for us. In the prelim card, if you were pre-keeping track there, we had one, two, three, four, five. Five fights predicted correctly for the winner and one wrong. That was Ivana Petrovic. Main card, oh, different story. Bruno Ferreira, we had him picked to win. <clears throat> Undefeated, 10-0 which is so distracting, right? And knockouts, first round, second round, every single finish, you know, every single fight was a finish. 
This guy, Ruza Boyov, is 29 years old, has fought a ton of fights. I had questions about his ability, uh, you know, why he didn't get signed sooner, you know, so on and so forth. And he knocks out Bruno Ferreira round one. <laughs> he knocks him out. It was beautiful. And you see how emotional he was. Referee knocks him down. He's like, grabs his face. He's, you know, he's he's emotional and he's happy. And and he's from, I believe he's from uh, Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan. I, I apologize for screwing him up. But he's one of those two countries and was happy. The fight not going to decision was minus 750, and it did not. Um, no round three was minus 360. That was our prop block. So that hit. That's great. But we had Bruno Ferreira to win. And we weren't super confident in him winning because we had some, you know, we were still some unknowns about Rizabayev. But at plus 185, if you played Rizabayev, great job. The dogs are barking tonight on this card. And, uh, yeah, so we didn't have the worst read there. We thought the fight would not go the full distance. But we didn't see Bruno Ferreira getting knocked out so damn fast. Uh, put that hype train uh, to rest real quick. Okay, next fight was a lightweight battle. Ishmael Bonfim, one of the two Bonfim brothers versus Benoit. I'm sorry, Benoit. Benoit Saint-Denis. And uh, man, speaking of hype, uh, Ishmael Bonfim after the knockout over Terrence McKinney in, in Brazil or this year. And, you know, just so much to like about this guy. And he was one of my highest picks in the fight card to win. Like he was minus 315 at one point, dropped down to minus 285. Just a lot to like about him. And Benoit Saint-Denis ends up getting the finish. And I'll tell you what, this guy, Benoit, if he can just... He's not that old, right? He's 20, what, 27? He's so young and just got started in mixed martial arts not too long ago. He had a career in military, of course. If he can keep making improvements and, you know, be smart about his fighting, this French fighter has a future. He's 11-1 and one now. Rear naked choke, round number one. I mean, Ishmael Bonfim, who's Brazilian, getting choked out by a French guy. And, uh, yeah, great win there for Bonfim, for I'm sorry, for Saint-Denis. Plus 260 underdog at some point. We missed the boat on that one. The dogs were barking. Uh, for Bonfim, yeah, we dropped the ball here. The fight started round number two at minus 300 was our prop lock. Just all of our props were off here. Uh, Bonfim by decision, split props were on the radar, fight going to decision, over 1.5. None of this happens. <laughs> Mr. Benoit had a whole other plan up his sleeve, and so he wins the fight. Next fight, guess what happens? Another dog wins. Ariana Lipsky at plus 185. She wins over Melissa Gatto. So the first three fights in the main card, all three straight up dogs, like not slight dogs, not pick them. They all win. Um, I could make the argument. I, th I thought Gato won. We did play the splits here, and Lips and Lipsky won by split, which is plus eleven hundred. But man, I thought Gato did enough, and I don't know how to say it other than the fact that I, I thought she got a little robbed. Is it the biggest robbie in the world? Um, but yeah, it happens. Maybe she shouldn't have been back. Listen, when you back up a lot, remember we had the fight with um, Kaikar France and Albazi. The backing up stuff, and I know Laura Sanko says, oh, that doesn't factor into the new judging system. When you're the one backing up a lot and it's a super close fight, yeah, it's just human nature, man. What are you seeing? And so I think Gatto did too much backing up. And then early on, Gatto did not engage enough early on. She spent the better part of two minutes in the first round, like faking, faking, faking. Like you got to throw a punch. So um, good for Lipsky. We, we tout her as one of the most beautiful girls in all of mixed martial arts, naturally, natural beauty. God bless her and her husband and her family. Um, nice win for her. The fight does go over two and a half rounds, minus 135. Goes to the full distance, minus 120. The prop lock here with the fight starting round number three, which is minus 175. I mean, that was a really... I'm sorry, starting round number two was minus 360. That was our prop lock. But fight starting round number three was minus 175. The fact that Gatto had finishing ability before her last fight, 
three trade fights were finished, and Lipsky had been finished before. The market was suggesting the fight would not go the distance. I thought that was wrong all along, and the fight easily went the full distance. And so the split prop there does hit. Lipsky by split at plus 1100 does hit, and she's the winner. Next fight, Michael Morales versus Max Griffin. I mean, everyone had Morales, so and so did we. Very positive he would win the fight. The one thing I'm really proud of here is we thought the fight would go the full distance. And Morales, who has, what, he had 14 wins before this fight, and 12 had been by finish. It was easy to think, oh, another finish, high finish rate. But look at Max Griffin, the guy who had been finished like once in his career, and it was a long time ago, and it was to a good fighter. Um, you know, bottom line, I, I felt like this fight could go longer. And not to say that Michael Morales didn't have Griffin compromised a few times. Griffin was hurt. Uh, Griffin was fighting for his life at some point. And Morales, that kid's got potential, man. He is nasty. Uh, he had a nice little shiner. He got a little puffy eye at some point. But when he would go after Griffin and start throwing hard punches, it was like a man fighting a boy. And I mean it with all due respect because Griffin's a tough dude. And for Griffin to go the full distance, it shows you the guy's is durable. But 37 years old for Griffin. He looked 37 at the end of that fight. 24 years old for Morales. The future's bright. He wins the fight by decision. And that was plus 165. The fight he started around number two was minus 450. That was our prop lock. We had the splits played here just in case, but no splits there. The fight going to decision was minus 115. Over 1.5 was minus 280. Come in event, Demir Ismagulov versus Grant Dawson. Full disclosure, I fell asleep in this fight. I fell asleep. <laughs> and I didn't fall asleep because it was boring. I was about to watch round number one. I'm watching with the wifey. And then my wife tells me, <laughs> she's like, you're sleeping. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was just watching a commercial. What are you talking about? She says to me, we're in round number three. And I'm like, what? What? what, what? What's going on? She's like, it's not good because I wanted Demir to win. She's like, it's not good. I'm like, what do you mean it's not good? And she's like, yeah, it's just been one-way traffic, wrestling. And so I'm like, okay, round three starts. I tell my wife, yeah, but look at Grant Dawson's face. He's got a little bit like he's got some redness there. What do you mean? And all of a sudden, Grant Dawson gets a takedown, gets on Demir's back. And my wife says to me, that's what's been going on the whole fight. He had back control. I'm like, really? And so a really flat performance from Demir. Can't defend the takedowns. Grant Dawson takes full advantage of it, and Grant just gets back control. A boring three-round fight. But listen, it's about winning fights. You know, Worry about how you do it next time around. Just get the damn win. A nice win for Dawson. He looked good. The wrestling was on point. Cardio was on point. Over 1.5 rounds hit. Fight going to decision at minus 190 hit. If you know Demir, he goes to a lot of decisions. Um, not much finishing power. Demir to win by decision at plus 140 does not hit. And the split props were not, not even close. I mean, it hadn't played. But not close. Our prop lock was the over 1.5 rounds at minus 450. We move on to the final fight in the card, which was Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. I mean, what's just to say? Sean put on a show. And after this past week and the controversial comments, you know, people take that stuff to personal. And treat these guys like they're professional wrestlers. They have egos and alter egos. And like, look at Kobe Covington. Don't take it what he says seriously. Kobe's a character in a play. He's. That's what Sean Strickland is. Sean is just a character in a show. He's putting on his WWE personality, this anti-woman talk or whatever. It's just to sell tickets. It's just all for hype. It's not real. Don't take it personal. So Sean came into this fight with a little bit of flack from the community. And people, oh, you know, whatever. He got a nice win, man. And for Magomedov, you might want to train for more than five minutes. You might want to do some sparring sessions where you get into two and three rounds because it was obvious that he does not do that. And I'm going to say it bluntly. Abus Magomedov, you are not training properly. 
Uh, your coaches knew that. You knew it. And to come out so flat in round two after winning round one, I remember my wife telling me, actually, she says to me, what happened here? Why is he like, what happened? Why is he so tired? Because he's not training properly, period. So, you know, shame on you, Magomedov, to come in here for a main event and not be ready. And I, and I mean that. Like, if I'm the promotion, I'm telling you, listen, we're not, you're not going to see the main card in a while, dude, because that was a very bad effort. After winning round one, to have absolutely no energy in round two, I mean, he fought round two like it was round five of a grueling fight. That was a piss poor performance. Now, we had Sean Shrugs, 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 Shrugs to win the fight. We had him to win the fight, right? And by decision. But we never thought for a second Abus Magomedov, a Dagestani-born guy, you know, who talks a big game, would go out there and have no energy to fight at least for seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. That was embarrassing. And if you bet on Abus Magomedov, I'm sure you were pissed. Like, what are you doing out here? So, hey, um, it's not personal. I'm calling what I saw. It was a very bad effort. The kind of effort where UFC is going to tell him probably, listen, get your ass down to the prelim card. We'll see you in a year or so. That was a piss poor effort. Now, for Strickland, <laughs> hey, man, good for him. He did what he does. He could take a round, you know, maybe not win that first round, whatever. The guy's throwing some heat. And then over time, he just... <laughs> The punches in your face. At the end of round one, you could see Sean was starting to get to him a little bit. And then in round two, Sean just in your face. Great cardio. You can't run out of gas against Sean. He will eat you alive. And Sean did just that. He ate up Magomedov. And Magomedov, again, come on, dude. <laughs> you got a main event and you're ready for five minutes of fighting? Come on, get out of here. Our prop bets were all way off here. No splits, obviously. No over two and a half rounds. No decision for, for Strickland. Into the distance for Magomedov. <clears throat> Fight going to decision. All out the window. Round two finished by Strickland. Great job by him. We had a small little hedge there for the fight going under two and a half rounds because I had a little parlay action that was going to hit if that hit. But uh, we hedged that up. We were okay. We got the right pick. So main card, we had Morales right and Strickland right. But Tamir was wrong. Gato wrong. Bonfim wrong. And Ferreira. And so overall, we finished with seven and five for our picks. The dogs were barking, though, man. Lipsky won as a dog. Dani won as a dog. Ruzabayev won as an underdog. <coughs> Brenner won as an underdog. And Luana Carolina won as an underdog. So about six underdogs there hit. Very impressive. My final thoughts on UFC Vegas 76. Where does Sean go from here? Because they're talking now title fight. And look, I think UFC likes Sean Trigger a lot. That's my personal opinion. So I wouldn't be surprised they get him into another main event. Maybe a tunnel shot. He's also the kind of guy where he could be ready last minute. So maybe they have him just ready to go. Um, but yeah, good job for him. Nice fight card overall. And uh, we're back in Vegas this weekend again. But not Vegas, the Apex. Actually a full-on pay-per-view event. We'll be back in Vegas this weekend. So how did you do for Vegas 76? Did you guys <coughs> hit some winning tickets? Do you guys have a hard time? you guys get losses? I'll tell you right now, our tip sheet, which is available via newsletter, our individual money line bets, not so bad. We finished plus 2.06 for individual money line bets. We had Sean Strickland to win outright. He won. Romanoff to win outright. And Brenner to win. Those three all won. We also had Santos to win. She lost, but man, it was close, right? The prop bets, we finished off negative, I'm sorry, plus 0.25 units. So prop bets and individual money line bets, we were positive both areas. The parlays, ah, ah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, negative 1.97 units, man. The damn parlays crushed us. We got one of our one of our three, one of our four parlays were correct. For our parlay pieces, we had 
Kalina versus Petrovic, fight starts right number three. That hit. Rosa versus Santos, fight starts right number three. That hit. Brito, it's at the distance. Correct. Um, Theme versus Santini, fight starts right number two. That did not hit. And Griffin versus Morales, the fight starts right number two. That did hit. So we had four of the five probably pieces hit, but unfortunately, not good enough. <laughs> for our specials, we went negative 0.81 units. The grand total for UFC Vegas 76, negative 0.47 units or negative $47. <sighs> it happens. Enjoy the tunes for a second. I'll be right back with you guys, all right? Mm-hmm. 
boys and girls i am back mfc number three happened friday night right friday night mfc2 <laughs> mfc2 what is mfc well i'll tell you about it mfc is our video game arm of our small company here and that's where we do these video game events and mfc number two our second event was last friday and we gave out about a thousand dollars and change. Some prize money was delivered, and uh, had an exciting card. Broadcast team was awesome. Matter of fact, before I get any further, let me give out some special thanks to the people that were involved with MFC number two. The fighters first and foremost. Thank you for being available on time. All of it. We appreciate you guys. So fighters from all over the world, different time zones and whatever else. So thank you very much to all the fighters, the commentators. Unbelievable. That was Haley, that was CeeLo, and Jedi. Phenomenal job. Again, on time, on point. Kept it for the, the viewers and the audience. Kept things rolling. Special thanks to Marcus McGee, the UFC fighter who came by the pre-fight show. Delivered his two thoughts and gave some words of wisdom to the fighters. Uh, special thanks to Olena Kliznik, another fighter who recorded a promo earlier in the week from the PFL. And uh, she also gave best wishes to Team MFC and to uh, CX, who, who did really good, right? <laughs> And lastly, the viewers, right? The viewers did a phenomenal job. The people who shut up, who came out and watched the event, commented, the people who tuned in on Twitch or YouTube or, or on Twitter, thank you. Appreciate your support. Okay, so the big winners. There was some big winners there, boss. There was some big winners. Let's give you the rundown of the results real quickly. We'll go from the bottom to the top. The first fight was supposed to be Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana. That was scratched from the card. We just had an issue with fighters last minute, so we just moved on to the next fight was Anthony Smith versus Michael Bisping. 
Four Star Bisping gets the win. That's Nayu Tap with the win there over Donald L. A PlayStation matchup. Very well done, Donald. I mean, Nayu Tap with the win. Next fight was Alexander Volkanovsky being fought by as CX versus Islam Makachev, who was fought as Godzi Seven. And CX, here's where the, the storm of the CX begins. CX wins that fight. Next fight, Marvin Vittori versus Jared Kanier, the rematch. And Kanier gets the win again. Kanier was being fought by PSN. He beats Raw Demo in that matchup for the win. The last fight, the prelim card was Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje being fought by as Fadenator picks up the win over Abraham Khan, who's fighting as Dustin Poirier. The main card, first fight was Kamzat Shamaya versus Nate Diaz, and Kamzat ends up getting the loss there. Two Roach falls short to CV. CV picks up the win there as Nate Diaz. Next up, we had GSP. Yes, Mr. Saint-Pierre versus Stephen Thompson. A great matchup. And LJ, she was fighting as GSP. Came up short there. Stephen Thompson picks up the win. That was Jordan Wordlow. Thank you, Jordan Wordlow. He came in very late notice to this event, and we appreciate you filling in, buddy. Next fight was also LJ. She had back-to-back -back fights. She fought as Robert Whitaker. First strike is Duplessis, and Duplessis was CX, a name you might recognize. He wins again. Main event, we had a last-minute kind of uh, defunctory. Things happen, is what it is. So Sergey Pavlovich is being fought by Swaggy Dr. Kush in the main event. CX steps in in the main event to go ahead and face him, and CX, oh my gosh, CX dethrones Swaggy, takes the main event from him, and ends up with the most prize money. I think CX won about 300 bucks in total, 295 to be exact. That was between his show money, prize money. He won knock of the night. And so just had a wonderful night. He was the biggest winner in terms of prize money. All the fighters were paid their prize money within 24 to 48 hours, with the exception of one person. <laughs> That's going to be my man. Is it um, my buddy over two roach? Two roaches over in Germany or Austria. It just takes an extra day or so for the Western Union to get through to him. But everyone's been paid. All the prize money was delivered. I want to also give a huge, huge apology to everyone who bought tickets for the lottery, okay? Long story short, every penny was reimbursed. That's the first thing. And that was done within 24 hours. Because we had so many fight changes that were not expected, the lottery was going to be very screwed up. We ended up with like a bunch of ties, basically, which is not how it was designed to be. So we decided, listen, we'll scrap the lottery, suspend it for this fight card, Issued a, issued a refund to every single person, exactly dollar for dollar. No, no nonsense. But for MFC number three, which we're going to be having in the future, uh, obviously the future, <laughs> we will make sure we do the lottery in a, in a better facet. We'll have more locked in fighters because we just had so many changes last minute and it, it just kind of really messed things up. So thank you again to the fighters. Thank you again to the commentary team. Um, prize money was delivered. Big winners. You guys are all welcome. MFC number three will be held on September 30th of this year, that is a Saturday, it'll be a 8.30 p.m. Eastern start time, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, I'm sorry, 8.30 p.m. Eastern prelim show, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern start time. And again, that'll be the 30th of September. We have some time, about a good two full months to, well, three now, right? July, August, September. So three months to kind of build things up and get things right for that event. But keep your eye out for news on MFC number three. And if you're hearing this right now and you want to fight MFC three, MFC number three card, send us a DM, find us on Twitter, Instagram, email. That information is all available on our profiles on Instagram and YouTube and everywhere else. Find us, reach out to us, and we'll talk to you. Okay. Quick promo for you guys, our MFC network. We have a bunch of shows now. We've got Butterfly Guard on Wednesdays, right? We've got Mid MMA on Sundays like this. We've got MA Happy Hour on Friday evenings with myself and Monique Yip. We've also got 
Combate Cartel with CeeLo and Jedi on Friday evenings. So a variety of content for you guys throughout the week to tune in to get MA content. Combat Combate Cartel is more of a e-video game, UFC 4 video game show with some mixed martial arts content. Midnight MMA, which is here with me, yours truly, is a wrap-up of the week that was and a small little peek ahead to the next week coming up. And MMA Happy Hour with me and Monique is a quick little look at the weekend ahead, usually the UFC event, our picks, our predictions. And then Wednesday night with Butterfly Guard, uh, that's Haley's show, and she talks about kind of all things mixed martial arts. She'll do a review of the most recent uh, Ultimate Fighter show, <clears throat> give you her picks for the upcoming weekend. She did have some guests the last few weeks, some UFC fighters, which is pretty cool. Not sure if you guys any guests this week, but uh, check out Haley on Wednesdays. That's at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern. That's all part of the MFC network. Hopefully, we'll be adding another show soon. Uh, you know, we're always scouring, you know, the uh, young town out there to add more content, uh, you know, to our network. But for now, four great shows, great content. Please tune in when you have some time. And of course, our newsletter. That link is down below. Run through Substack. It's free to subscribe. Just take some moment, enter your email, show your support. If you really want to show your support, become a paid subscriber, five bucks a month. It does help the cause. The money goes to good things like that prize money for MFC number two. Okay. What is up? What's happening in the world of mixed martial arts? What's the gossip? Here's some gossip for you guys. Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, that Dos Santos, the retired MMA fighter from UFC, is going to be fighting Santos Fabricio Wordham in bare knuckle on September 8th. That is going to happen. And uh, I mean... <laughs> Bare knuckle. I'm not a big bare knuckle guy, but I will give them this: they stay relevant, don't they? I keep feel like I'm. I hear like I hear bare knuckle. I get the email. I'm on their email list. You know, I see their stuff. Bare knuckle tonight. Bare, you know, they're they're getting somewhere. I mean, they're promoting their stuff really well. I see friends of mine on Twitter. You know, tweeting out, "Hey man, bare knuckle tonight." So they're doing something right. Here's my only little butt. I don't know if some of these guys should be getting in there the bare knuckle stuff. Like, like Junior Dos Santos, man. It's like, I don't know, man. That kind of just worries me. Like, what's next? Marlon Mariah's going to come in here and say, you want to fight bare knuckle? Like, I just, I just, I really worry about the safety of some of these people. But, hey, not my jab. Grasso, yes, that Grasso, the champion Grasso from Mexico. She fights Valentina Shevchenko September 16th. And a fight that wasn't made right away. There was some rumors that maybe she would get the rematch for some reason. But here we are. Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko, September 16th. And the line has Shevchenko like minus 230-ish. Still favored. Still favored. After losing, what's going to happen in this fight? I mean, I think this fight is for everything for Shevchenko. I really do. If she were to get finished, right, or lose in some kind of decisive fashion, like a really close fight, oh, whatever, that's great. But she gets finished or gets like, you know, one-way traffic, that's it. That's it. It's just all over. That's, it literally would just be it. Meaning like if she were to fight again, if, if, it would just be because, you know, just to almost like Holly Holm. Like Holly Holm, no offense, but I sometimes wonder, what are we doing this for? You know, she's very good shape, accomplished kickboxer, biggest knockout ever in women's, you know, MA history. Um, but why? What are we doing here? I think if I think if Valentina Shevchenko were to lose this fight, we could actually just see her. That's it. She could hang it up. She's done everything. Been a champion forever. What else would she be fighting for? So this is for everything. This is for the marbles. I mean, maybe she wins the fight and then retires like Amanda Nunes did. <laughs> you know, who would have saw that coming? 
For Grasso, I love that she's an underdog again. It's perfect for her. You know, she's got that underdog mentality. She has Shevchenko's number. Uh, she, you know, she's got, she was in no danger of getting finished by Shevchenko in that fight. And quite frankly, I think you got to consider playing Grasso if you're going to bet in that fight early out because, I mean, yeah, I think the, she's here, right? And Shevchenko, at the very least, is plateaued. At the very least, plateaued. We've seen Shevchenko have some tough fights even before the Grasso fight. The chinks in the armor have become more apparent. So, exciting fight, though, September 16th. I want to give a special shout-out. I've been meaning to talk about this the last few days, and it just hasn't... The, the timing wasn't correct, right? I'm not sure if you guys are aware of a story about a fighter uh, who had a heart attack while training recently. It's kind of making the, the rounds on social media. I'm going to pull up a <clears throat> an image of him. And this fighter who I, I got to know the fighter, not personally, but I got to watch the fighter. His name is Chris Lencioni. Fight over like in Cage Warriors and stuff and other promotions. And he's exciting. And he usually has his hair dyed blonde and it's all tatted up and stuff. But he's a guy that a lot of personality and uh, someone that I've enjoyed watch fighting. But if you didn't hear... He suffered a heart attack while training, and he's young, you know, in his 20s, and it was pretty severe. I mean, not all heart attacks are the creative equal, right? Not to be funny, but um, he suffered a heart attack. It was pretty bad, and people are raising money. People are trying to obviously, you know, raise awareness to help him with what's happening, but I want you to get a glimpse at what is actually going on here with, with Chris uh and see the, his sort of his condition. And it's a reminder, life is this fragile. And to see a young man with physically in his prime to be in this condition, all we could do is pray. So if you're listening right now, just think about Chris Lencioni. Hopefully he can get himself back uh, to some form of, of a good lifestyle, right? Not fighting, just this is not a fighting result, by the way. This is not the result of a fight. This is a result of a heart attack. He's a young man, so it wasn't as if it's like you could see that he's going to have a heart attack coming, right? So prayers to Chris Lencioni, and I'll play a clip here to kind of see what his condition is right now. It's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. He's a young man, and if you're not watching here on video, I can explain to you that, you know, he looks to be in uh, almost a paraplegic vegetative state. His eyes are open. At some point in the video, he does he does smile a little bit. Uh, the, the, woman, the woman on the left of him here holding his arm, the dark hair, that, that is his, I believe, fiance or wife. Um, and so she's there. She's giving support. And you'll see at some point he does actually do a, a little smile, which is so like, I mean, you gain hope from anything at this point. When someone's in this condition like this, anything that you could see is is a sign of you know hope. But look, there it is. He does a little smile there. He kind of, you know, a little bit. Um, but as you can see from the video, I mean, he's in a way right now where he's not capable of, of even moving his extremities. What I imagine happened, because I'm not a doctor, but I imagine, you know, you suffer a heart attack, right? Which is a circulatory related, uh, episode, right? You know, the circulation of your blood, your heart starts racing. So it's possible, you know, while, you know, suffering that heart attack that he ends up dog just walked in here that he ends up not having enough circulation of, of oxygen and blood to the brain right and then in terms of doing that it, there's some kind of injury but come on brother let's you know there's miracles miracles do happen and uh i'm praying for lencioni 
to to have that miracle. So if you can look this up online, if you want to, again, it's Chris Lincioni. A lot of coverage on this. Um, since I'm on Twitter, if we could, you know, turn to another of a lighter story. I don't know if you guys saw this video of this police officer. I think they're they're in Mexico somewhere. <laughs> There's a lot going on here, but um, I got to tell you something. A lesson for everybody: if you see a nasty ass like kung fu style, martial arts style, like police officer, uh, whatever military guy, don't get your hands involved with this guy. Just let them do their business. This this lady in this bar, for some reason, decides she wants to get a punch in here. Um, and mind you, the person who's the police officer who's fighting is a woman. This is a female who's throwing kicks and like, I'll just show it to you. I don't know how to explain what I'm looking at here, but if you haven't seen it, I'll play a few times. This and this person in the black there that you could see that person in the black is is a is a female police officer mixing it up with with a dude. But as a dude runs at the at the out of the bar or whatever, some some white older lady decides that she wants to get the work and don't don't do it. You know, don't do it to yourself. This is the funniest thing I've seen from the last weekend in sports of combat because I consider this a combat sport. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look at this. Jesus. Oh, no. Oh, no. And the husband's like, please, no, no. She's like, look, I can give it to you, too. The audio right now, <laughs> the audio is the lady kind of, the lady's like, uh, after she got punched in the face. A little replay there. So here we go. The, the karate, karate kickboxing, uh, police officer oh don't, don't what are you doing honey what are you doing and that cop goes running out the door and and goes continuously still fighting what well i don't know what that lady was thinking completely avoidable situation right don't get your hands in there and that punch and replay that punch comes straight down the pipe her husband's like come on no more yeah be careful out there Again, well wishes to Chris Lencioni. Look him up. There is a GoFundMe, I believe. We we contributed a few bucks to that as well, but every dollar counts. And I would encourage you if you have six, seven, eight bucks, ten bucks, nine bucks, anything, every dollar helps. And uh, let's hope for a speedy recovery. Okay, schedule for the upcoming week. What is on deck for mixed martial arts? We've got UFC 290. That's super exciting. Can't wait for that. Let's look at that entire fight card for you guys real quickly here. The main events, of course, going to be Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez. That'll be for the, the strap, right? So these guys are fighting for the belt, and that'll be the featherweight belt, right? Because last time Volkanovsky fought, he was fighting Islam for a, a different weight class, right? The co-main events, another title fight, Brandon Moreno defending his title against Alexander Pantoja. I'll tell you what, stories here, man. These guys fought twice before, so look up the results of what happened there. Very interesting, but we're expecting to see a very good fight there. So back-to-back championships fights. The Coco main event, look at Bo Nickel at 4-0 getting this spot here against Trajan Gore at 4-2. Wow. I didn't realize he was that high up on the main card, but you know, UFC is pushing this kid hard. So Bo Nickel making his uh, main card debut, possibly. Was he main card last time? I don't know. Next fight, Robert Whitaker versus Dreykus Duplassis. Like, that fight definitely should be above Bo Nickel. I'm sorry. I like me some Bo Nickel, but come on, dude. He's 4-0. Like, he's 4-0. 4-0. So, yeah, but Dreykus Duplassis, Robert Whitaker, that fight is for the person who will win, will then face Adesanya for the belt. Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner. Good fight. Robbie Lawler versus Nico Price. Nico Price, great spot for him because Robbie Lawler, no offense, long the tooth and has already said this is his last fight. You know, it's just... It's never a good dynamic, right? 
Shannon Ross, former Dana White Contender Series contestant, up against Jesus Aguilar is the next fight down. Yasmin Huagrel, oh, tough name to say. She's from Mexico. 10-0, up against Denise Gomes. Good female fight. Kamuela Kirk versus Esteban Robimix. Victor Petrino, this guy's a killer, man. Very big puncher. 8-0 versus Marcin Prachnow. Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menenfield. And you got Cameron Samen, the South African, versus Terrence Mitchell. Edgar Sharaz versus Tatsuro Tyra. Now, Tatsuro Tyra was supposed to fight a few weeks ago against Clayton Rodriguez. Got rebooked for this fight. And he's a huge favorite. Kind of a scary money line, to be honest with you. And then the first fight, I don't know why it's the first fight. Jack Della Montalana versus Josiah Harrell. Don't be surprised if this fight order on Tapology gets shifted around. Like, Jack Della Montalana is main card worthy. I know he's getting a late replacement here because he was supposed to fight Sean Brady. And Brady had an infection, had to back out. But, man, get Jack Della Montalana. Tell up a little higher in the card. Like I'd rather see him higher up than like Victor. I'm sorry, than Crute and like a lot of Menafield. Anyway, UFC 290. We'll have the full card breakdown for you guys this week. The full card video breakdown along with the newsletter. So newsletter gives you the written breakdown along with our full tip sheet. So check that out if you want to get the whole written breakdown. The newsletter gives you all of that as well. So that's UFC 290 on tap. What else is on tap this week? We've got PFL Europe number two. Let me explain the difference between PFL Europe number two and PFL. United States, right? So PFL Europe is literally the PFL just in Europe. And they have their own separate season, their own thing. They don't have the million-dollar prize. It's a little bit different. It's more of a developmental type of league. And all the fighters are from some part of Europe, you know, Sweden, Ireland, whatever, Germany, the whole nine. And so I'm going to tell you right now, the pickings were thin. They don't have very good fighters in that card. The prelim card is riddled with people that are just like 1-0, 0-1. One guy hasn't fought in like four years. It's just ugh. one fight to a rematch between two female fighters who fought for a small German promotion a few months ago. And the PFL's like, listen, just bring them in here, have them fight for us. It's just, yeah, it's low level. I, I don't know how to, how would I describe this? I believe that the PFL is venturing into other you know, ideas. It's great, you know, you know, get, get a, you know, expand the brand, right? Go international. I, I get all this, right? But it doesn't take much research to look at that fight card at PFL Europe number two, and you're looking at some fighters that probably have no business fighting on a top-level promotion. We saw that recently with the PFL in the regular season. You know, they have fighters who are like, these guys are probably not really, you know, high-level fighters. They Maybe LFA, you know, maybe RS, the over, overseas promotions are smaller. But you're thinking of PFL as trying to position themselves as one of the biggest players in the game, buying Bellator, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, so the prelim card is <laughs> it's not great. The main card has a few fighters you might recognize if you're a hardcore international fan. Let's say, for example, you uh, you fancy the French fighting scene. There is a guy or two on this fight card that hails from that part of the world. Mokhtar Benkasi, he's coming out of France. He'll be the co-main event on that card. You also have um, Gaisim Derucci. I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, Derucci, he's 6-2. and two. He's also from France on that fight card. But yeah, a lot of names you're going to look at and say, who the who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, you know, but there are a few you will recognize. Um, I did see up there towards the top. There are a few guys you'll recognize and uh, we'll see. The main event is going to be Francisco Nuzzi from Italy versus Farbad Iran Nezhad from Germany. That dude's middle name is Iran. Interesting. Greet Eckhout. Uh, I forgot what country she's from, but I have seen her fight before. She's OK. Up again, Lorena. Cubero, who's undefeated. Yeah, just a lot of fighters we don't know. That's not so bad. It's not so bad. But, man, we're going to see a lot of variants, right? We're going to see uh, a, a lot of variants. And I would say from a betting perspective, perceive a caution. 
maybe grab a few fights and then move on. Oh, by the way, Alexander Chizov from Latvia. Shout out to my Latvian brothers and sisters out there. Um, 10 and 1. He's up against a guy with the last name Duque, who's 17 and 4. I do like Chizov a lot. I like him to him inside the distance. I like Connor Hughes here a lot at 7 and 0 over Dylan Took. There are a few spots I do have more confidence than others. But like this guy, Maxim Radu from Italy, hasn't fought in like three years. And uh, the guy he's up against, Jacob uh, Kazuba, who's been fighting the regional scene in Florida. <sighs> Not good opponents. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, a lot of variance is to be expected. But that's going to be PFL Europe number two. That is on Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning. I do why? What is going on? Why? <laughs> why, why, why? So, well, it's probably because they want to obviously – for local time over there, but like just the American market, the PFL thing is just all screwy, but so they're 11 AM on Saturday. And then UFC 290 will be at six o'clock PM the same day. Um, I think again, just talking out loud, I think PFL is better off doing Friday night. I just don't do the same day as UFC, whatever. Like we'll end up having the end of that PFL fight card. We'll end up probably going into the UFC fight card, which is just not a good idea. Um, for broadcasting, I'll tell you what, don't expect to see PFL domestically in the United States because they did it last time. They said it was going to be on the zone. The event came out for PFL Europe number one, and it was not broadcast in the States and not available on ESPN Plus either. Go figure, right? So the PFL Europe thing is a whole different can of worms, but that'll be on Saturday. What else is coming up this weekend? Um, that's it. There's some boxing, but it won't be on our radar uh, there is no Bellator. Uh, there is no Cage Warriors. So just UFC 290 will be our main focus. If we publish something this week on PFL Europe, it'll be very light, a light just summary of what our thoughts are on the fights. And um, yeah, not too in-depth. Ice Viking writes in here. He says, Luana and Benoit saved my night. I went too heavy on Blagoy after weigh-ins and had a unit on Demir, which hurt. I thought Demir would do better, you know? <laughs> I mean, I guess I just thought, I thought too highly of him. I didn't think he's going to knock out anybody because he's got limited finishing ability, but I liked him, and that was a bummer. And Blagoy, by the way, everyone was talking about Romanov looking fat, and I get it. He looked fatter, <laughs> but his cardio looked a lot better. He did fix that, and so it was interesting to see that happen. As for Luana, man, I don't know. I, I fade her all the time, and <laughs> it's cost me down twice. Uh, and Benoit, oof, man, that kind of win is just so exciting. I very happy for Benoit. Very happy for him. Um, so our schedule for this week, what is on tap for us? We have our usual shows. That's going to be Butterfly Guard on Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. On Friday, we have MA Happy Hour at 7 p.m. Eastern with myself and Monique. At 8 p.m. on Friday, we have Combate Cartel with CeeLo and Jedi. And then on Sunday night, we have this show. Midnight MMA. So join us for one of those shows or both of those shows or all the shows that we have going on here. We do have an interview airing on Friday, on Friday at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Friday. There'll be a premiere of the interview with us and Olena Kaliznik from last last week discussing her last most recent win in the PFL. She made the playoffs. That full interview will air. It's a nice interview, about 30 minutes uh, with Olena. That'll be on Friday and that'll premiere. So you can watch like a live interview, go to the comment section, interact with other people. On Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 o'clock New York City Time is when the interview will air. So, again, this week we have newsletter breakdown um, and videos for PFL and UFC. That will be out by Wednesday at Thursday this week. Then we have Wednesday, Butterfly Guard. Friday, MA Happy Hour. Friday, Combate Cartel. Friday, the interview drops with Olena Kaliznik. And then Sunday, 
Midnight MMA with yours truly. That's our schedule for this week. <sighs> okay. I think I got everything out. I don't have much more to talk about, but I will hang out with you guys for about 23 more minutes. It is 107 a.m. Eastern time here on the East Coast, not too far from the bright lights of New York City. I know some of you users that are here listening, people like Thomas Montanaro, who are from far, far away, uh, we appreciate you guys. We come together every Sunday night, midnight, little powwow. Thomas is probably at work, right? By the way, Thomas, super duper big thank you, dude. You are crushing it on the Instagram. And I listen, I go there, I see comments, right? And I see people writing things back and, and like, you know, I guess tagging you, tagging us in the comments. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, that's Thomas doing the work. Conversations that I don't even know about. <laughs> things I don't even know about. So Thomas, thank you so much. You're doing a great job there on Instagram. And we did pick up some more followers, which is great. Um, yeah, Viking. I Listen, I had the over two and a half rounds, dude. Over two and a half rounds, I thought was so safe. It was like minus 225, 250. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Sean's not a really a knockout guy. We'll get at least two rounds, two and a half rounds. No. No. Aladdin. Yeah, they're just handing him victories now. They're just giving him wins. Um, and look, I... Um, Ice Viking says, I also had the Grotto Garam Parlay. Played Brenner over two and a half rounds. Same game parlay, plus 100. Oh, nice. Nice Viking. Mm. Very impressive. Very well done, Viking. Very well done. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> Terry, what's up, dude? He did. He did. I totally agree with that, Terry. I thought, I thought round, that's what makes round two so difficult to understand. And watching it live with <coughs> my wife, I'm not, no offense to my wife. She's not a, you know, she's not a hardcore MA fan. She's very casually watches this from time, from time to time. She says to me, she's like, what happened here? Why did he? Why, why is he so tired? She even says to me, "Have you ever seen someone get this tired like this before?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we, yeah, we, we have." <laughs> but what, what happened, dude? <laughs> Were you literally training for four minutes, knocking him off? Because he got tired at the end of round one, and then round two, that was it. Totally gas, man. But I agree, Terry. I, I definitely thought he won round one. I thought he did enough in round one. And when the eye poke happened in round one, I was thinking to myself. Wow, I, I hope it doesn't get stopped because, you know, it's like it was a good fight. We're all looking forward to it. And, you know, Sean's a tough dude, man. Sean's a tough guy. He's not going to just walk away and not try to fight you if he can. And when the fight restarted, I thought to myself, yeah, okay, great. We're going to see a fight here, but maybe he's compromised. And um, he wasn't compromised, not that much. <laughs> Sean looked great. So good for, you know, look, good for Sean. I, I want to get mad at him for being a misogynistic woman hating meathead. But what am I getting mad at? He's a performer. It's like getting upset at somebody when they play a movie role. And you're like, that guy played like such a dick in that movie. It's like they were playing a part. <laughs> Sean Strickland is a pony in the circus. He's a clown in the circus. He's he's a tiger in the circus. He's just somebody in the circus. I mean, with all due respect, selling tickets. Look at this. What it is. I mean... Look what Jorge Masvidal did before his last fight. Remember this? 
he talked this big game. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Best shape of my life. I mean, he had me convinced that he would win the fight. I actually had some cheddar on Masvidal. I'm like, it's in Miami. He went out there, looked like shit, and then retired. And I'm like, oh, that's right. They're selling tickets. They're promoting fights. That That's right. I don't think Conor McGregor is nearly as big of a egomaniac as he's portrayed as. I don't believe all that stuff, the chair and the... Nah. Nah, man. And UFC loves it. <laughs> loves it. So, yeah, we got to put Sean Strickland's recent comments, just put them into a little, blo- little box. And that the female personality who does a lot of the interviewing with these fighters who has UFC access, right? And she's a bit of a socialite. <laughs> People got very angry, man. They were angry that the interview that Sean was, how would you say it? The comments were de- derogatory in nature, like saying, oh, you got your boobs out and stuff. And I put myself into the, her position a little bit. And I'm like, it's all entertainment, man. She, she's having a good time too. She's having fun with all of this. She's a comedian, actually, by nature. So, you know, look, if it's not your cup of tea, um, golf channel. <laughs> you know, like if if you don't like that kind of sport because of those type of antics, I look, they have sports. Tennis. You can't even fucking cheer too loud. They tell you quiet. There's a place if you want conservative. You got, look, polo. They, they ride the horses and they. You know, you won't see any of this stuff out there. You won't see weigh-ins with people in Ariel Hawani a year ago, I think, on a show was talking about someone who said to him, like, oh, you know, like basically like criticizing him for not being more intelligible about mixed martial arts. And he was like, yo, dude, it's combat fucking sports. It's people fighting in a cage. Like, give me a break. Don't take yourself so serious. <laughs> And yeah, I do think we have to like, if you think about certain combat sports, like let's say high level judo, Olympics, or, you know, uh, a wrestling, you know, the, whatever high level competition that's amateur uh, up to professional, the world stage, so on and so forth, there's a certain level of integrity, right? And training. And there's no, there's no face offs, no like, you know, press conferences and people talking shit to each other. They don't have that, right? It's, it's combat sports without that stuff in in different you know levels. That's not what this is, right? That's not what this is. And I I I often joke about oh you know WWE UFC the merger and they're owned by Endeavor which is an entertainment company. It's it's all the same thing. It's 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 professional football. It's professional baseball. It's it's all these pro sports. They're all doing things to what attract the audience, sell tickets, make it exciting, make it fun, appear to be completely fair. Um, Yeah, it's all part of the thing. So, yeah, I think at the point here, don't don't pass too much of a harsh judgment on people like Sean Strickland. They're just playing the game, man. They're just playing the game. Who knows? Maybe he is a complete meathead outside the octagon. I've heard stories about him. But this worked out well for him, right? Right, he had some one-liners this week. He got he got some front-page news. Then went out there and got the win. Took no damage. I mean, love him or hate him, you know he 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 does his thing. But yeah, I I don't take those things, those comments he made, at all seriously.
like Kobe Covington. I don't take any of that shit seriously at all, dude. It's all for show. It's all a big damn show. Okay, so what do we have here left on my agenda to talk about? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I watched that Savannah Marshall fight. Did you guys see or heard about the fight this weekend? It was Savannah Marshall versus what was her name? Boxing match, FEMA match. It was the same time as the UFC. And I got to say this because I just have to say it. Matter of fact, let me see if I could find a if I could find a little glimpse of it, right? I'm watching the Savannah Marshall fight, a female boxing match, and it's like, you know, no offense. Um, replay. It wasn't very exciting. She was fighting this girl whose last name was uh, Desern. Desern, right? Fran- Franchon Cruz Desern. Um, and I am on the wrong spot here. I don't know where this video came from. <laughs> um, I don't know if they have any replays on, on YouTube. I'm trying to find something, but... Okay, okay. Yeah, th- this fight here... I'm looking at the replay now. So Savannah Marshall versus Franchon Cruz Desern. Desern. That was the main event of this fight card. And it's a female fight. And it wasn't very good. Went the full distance. It's kind of boring. And um, <laughs> one of the judges gave it a 95-95. I was like, oh, my God. A draw, basically. And it was not a draw. Marshall definitely won. And the other two judges gave it to Marshall like 97, 92, or 99, 93. It's it it not close. Um. But man, you know what I couldn't stop thinking about was I had to adjust the volume. I had to like put the volume down in the fight. You know why? Because the crowd was going crazy. They were chanting. They were doing the soccer things because this was a being held over somewhere in Europe, somewhere in Britain, whatever. The, 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 the crowd's massive. They're going bananas. They're cheering. It's the, the main event. It's two female boxers how to keep adjusting the volume and putting it down you know why because i i could i just i couldn't hear ufc and you look at ufc vegas 76 there's like there's like a few hundred people there there's just a few hundred people in a small room it's very sterile and i get the ufc is look they're making all the moves they know everything about mixed martial arts they're, they do nothing wrong but my goodness there is something absolutely i don't think the wrong is the right word it's just kind of hard to get it how does a fight with two females boxing levy this massive crowd overseas? And yet we're looking at what is the biggest promotion for mixed martial arts with like revenues through the roof and, and they're fighting in a, in a gym, a gymnasium. It's in essence like a gym. It's like a high school gym, middle school gym. And it's, yeah, a few hundred people, no cheering, nobody's chanting. Uh, yeah. I Look, man, I'm, I'm 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 bewildered by this. I still don't really quite get what's the what's the end game for UFC. Is it gonna be well we could do this because we could still have a whole large, you know, sector audience of people that'll tune in, you know, via video and watch on ESPN plus. We don't have to cater to having large audiences, save us money, no renting out venues, so on and so forth. I just I compare it to other sports. Like what if the NFL was like, you know what, we're gonna move to a different model. We're going to have some games like, you know, at some local high schools with like just a few hundred fans. And then, you know, it's like if you told that to the NFL, they'd be like, uh, no, we're going to have sold out stadiums, make a ton of freaking money and, and you know, do what we do. 
But when you hear Dana say that the numbers that they have are bigger than like baseball and bigger than hockey and bigger than uh, slap league and all this, then why not sell out stadiums? Why not sell out stadiums for mixed martial arts events if it's such a big, you know, big following? And it, it started to dawn on me. It's like, I don't know how big the following is. How big is the fan base? Because the fan base looked like a few hundred people on Saturday night in Las Vegas when there was thousands of people over there in Britain or whatever cheering on these two girls boxing. So I'm just, I'm just trying to get my mind around it. Like, I think there's more mixed martial arts fans, UFC fans than they are female boxing fans. I think that, but then you couldn't tell that on Saturday night. If you, if you ask someone, Hey, look at these two things, which one, which one's more exciting, which one has more fans. They would be, Oh, that the, the female boxing match. It's not literally a better fight. It's, you know, no one's getting finished, no blood, whatever, but there's people cheering. They're excited. They're into it. And then halfway across the world, there's people like, well, like it's just, yeah, man. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he does. Marcus McGee, he mentioned it. He's got a fight booked. I am looking forward to it. He was on the pre-fight show. He came through and he mentioned he's got a fight booked coming up in, uh, in August, right? Ice Viking says, Junior's button has been pressed enough times. This is a worry. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a combat sports fighter, right? I, I never fought in combat sports, but I imagine, I'm just taking a guess here, that when you get hit in the face <laughs> with bare knuckles, <laughs> that the, the damage to the brain and everything and the damage to your skin, the whole nine is 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 likely higher than getting hit with a boxing glove, a four ounce glove, any gloves, you know. And so they're going to, yeah, dude. I got questions about bare knuckle too. I, I, I just, something, something stinks. I don't know what it is. And the promoter, the guy who's the main guy, it doesn't seem like a bad guy, but you know, when you get like skeevy vibes, like skeevy like vibes like 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 sleazeball vibes he gives those vibes but it's not like on purpose he seems like a nice guy maybe it's the haircut like the italian haircut greased back and i'm just like you know guys like that you got to be careful with them and i i just i don't know because they do the same thing the other guys do they try to sign as many former ufc fighters as possible and then bring them over there the washed up ones and it's like like ben rothwell right that's like their big heavyweight guy and then they got you know had luke rockhold go over there and get torn apart here they're gonna pay it paraded, you know, Junior Dos Santos. It's like, come on, guys. These guys are done, man. Yeah, very true. Yeah, the Apex, man. By doing Apex, they get their ESPN cards in, right? Because ESPN, they have like a contract for so many events per year. I mean, everything from less cleanup to like less of everything. They got the locker room set. And that property, they bought that property for some serious cash. So UFC bought like a, a few acres of land, built that UFC complex, that Apex and all the offices and stuff like that. They do their UFC PI there, right? Their training institute there. Then they have the um, doctors in the whole nine, right? Performance Institute. Then they have their shows there, right? So Slap League or Power Slap, I'm sorry, for their, their whole reality show. And then also for Ultimate Fighter. Um, Dana White Contender Series is done there. Then UFC Vegas events are done there. So, I mean, talk about a multi-use building, which is, listen. When I'm making 
Kabillion's hand over foot, then I'll, I'll tell them how to run their business. In the meantime, I'm talking from a fan's perspective. It just doesn't really, it's, it's hard to understand it. <laughs> You're like, wait, we want to see real fans. Like, again, I draw a little comparison. During COVID, we had basketball, right? Came back and they put all the guys down in Orlando, Disney World in the bubble, right? And the games were like arenas that were empty with like just like a few people side lines, you know, coaches, whatever. Or at one point, they had like immediate family who were in the bubble too. And okay, they did that. Made sense. Imagine if the NBA next year was like, you know what? In an effort to maximize profits, <laughs> we're going to do something like we're going to have a few teams play in the same arena the same night, right? With no fans. Just, you know, we don't want to deal with all the, you know, like, you know, but it'll be on TV. Okay. The first game will be like at three o'clock between the Knicks and, the, you know, the Cavs. And then they'll be over. Next game will be like, we'll just, you know, like in the bubble. You bring up teams in the same damn gym with no worrying about um, changing out the scenery and the logos. They just use the screens and put up, oh, Lakers, whatever. Like, yeah, man, save some money doing that too. But why wouldn't the NBA do that? Because they make money selling tickets. <laughs> People go to the events. And I sold, not every single game sold out, but there's money to be had in those events. Now, granted, they own stadiums, right? UFC doesn't own stadiums. UFC has the UFC Apex. So therein lies a possible way where it's like, well, they could never really do it like that because they're kind of a traveling you know, circus. Maybe the alternative in the long run is that the UFC will expand the Apex and turn it into a full-blown, like, um, you know, like, a, like an arena, like a, like a Hulu theater, for example, like in the uh, in, in the garden. I mean, it, it can't probably build like a full blown on like Staples Center. But man, look, <laughs> something has to give because I'm watching every single, almost every single weekend the UFC's on TV, right? There'll be another event like a KSW. Same thing. KSW's a massive crowd. It's going crazy. You know what else does this, by the way? The PFL does this shit too. They do the same thing as 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 um as uh UFC. It's like a small little arena. There's like no one in there. It's like I don't understand what's going on. The difference, the difference between oh, the difference between the PFL though and UFC is the PFL can never do a pay, a pay per view event like the UFC. They can't sell out a Miami arena. They can't sell out a, a Garden. PFL has no fans like that. And I I'm point of fact. None of their none of their arenas are sold out. Go back to the last few years of playoffs. Last year playoffs, Kayla Harrison versus Loris Pacheco. It's in a small little arena. There's barely barely any people there. Uh, their fan base is 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 very small. Their thing is on TV, you know, just being on the ESPN Plus package. Um, but yeah. Uh this is a late mention, but I did I hear those betters who bet on Arlovsky in the Apex that fight that you mentioned it. Um, what do you mean, dude? Uh, Anthony, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> this is a late mention, but did I? But I did hear those betters who bet on Arlovsky in the Apex thought that fight night you mentioned it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Are you referring to the video of that lady with the 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 lady in there, the police officer? <laughs> I assume so. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, look, it's just weird because like when Sean Strickland had his eye poked, for example, this past weekend, and it was like really quiet in there, you can hear a few people screaming like, yo, cheater, like at, at Magomedov. And I'm like, so awkward. Because you could hear them like, like they were, like, you know, just being American pride guys. Like they were chanting USA and stuff. Like it's weird when it's like a crowd of like 400, 500 people. Like you can hear every single thing people say. It's just so weird. I, I would not want to, I would never want to perform in that kind of situation. I'm sorry. Like I'm going to draw more comparisons. Let's say, let's say, for example, you're Taylor Swift, right? Like, listen, hey, Taylor, in an effort to save some money, we're going to have you just do it in your backyard. We'll set up a whole virtual screen, a green screen and stuff. We'll put a, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll CGI in the dancers and everything. Just go your backyard, right? Don't have to even travel, no traveling. No, we're just, you know, we'll bring the camera crew over there and just do your whole performance. Matter of fact, don't have to worry about singing. We'll just, we'll tune in the music for you. You'll be fake singing. Just have a good time. Um, matter of fact, you know what, Taylor? We're going to just record all of it ahead of time and we'll just play them out throughout the rest of the year. We'll just tell people they're live, right? PFL tried that actually once. Um, but the concept of like we're not have to worry about fans though, Taylor. Okay, so Taylor, just don't worry about the fans. Like just let's just just video thing, and all the video fans they'll, they'll see in the video. No, <laughs> no, they sell Taylor Swift tickets for like a thousand dollars a ticket. People pay and go watch her perform a lot, all over the place. She makes almost ten million dollars a show, like ten for her. Just that's her money, not not the gate, whatever. So Taylor Swift is just out here selling out arenas like every other day making bank and so yeah the idea of being like oh let's go into an apex situation taylor swift why would they not do that because you know why it doesn't make any financial sense so i i, I got i have a suspicion that eventually it'll change i don't know how it'll change but i think over time this will become an antiquated model right it's going to be difficult to sustain this kind of model when you're when you have other organizations that pop up that actually have a fan base and you know they're up there putting on you know live shows and stuff i just wonder i wonder because for me like i fell asleep right during the demir is fight it wasn't because it was a boring card like look i had a long weekend i was tired whatever so on and so forth but man i just it wasn't uh wasn't exciting <laughs> and the and the lack of crowd noise the lack of cheering it just adds to it. So those are my final thoughts, guys, for the week that was in mixed martial arts. Today is the 3rd of July, 2023, 1.30 a.m. Eastern time. I'm going to do my final send-off a big week ahead. UFC 290 should be awesome. Thank you guys for those who tuned in. Of course, the, the usuals, right? Anthony W., Ice Viking, Thomas Montanaro, uh, my man Terry Mizo. Thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate you very much. Nina W., the Nina TTV who came through earlier. Thank you so much as well for stopping in. As always, we're all about ELE, right? What, what is ELE? Well, you know, we, we know what ELE is here, but if you guys don't know what ELE means, ELE stands for everybody love everybody, right? So no matter what you do this week, coming up Monday morning, you know, ELE, man, just take it slow. Don't, uh, don't press, right? Take your time. Enjoy the day. Get up early, have your coffee, prepare yourself. But uh, whatever you do, it's E-L-E every day, all day, dude. Everyone love everybody. See you guys soon. Deuces.